Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I'm Chris Carter here with Dale Lolly. We got him back, y'all. We missed him on the last episode. Tom Reed had a fill in for him, but Dale's back on the show. Dale, how you doing now that the draft is over? And we're, we're not like now we're basically two weeks out from the draft. Yeah, uh, we've had some time to think about it. I'm I'm doing great now. I've got over the uh, sinus infection that was uh, there you go. plaguing me throughout the draft. Uh, really made things difficult, but we made it through that. And as you mentioned, we're now two weeks out from the draft. And you know what that means, Chris? What does that mean? It means, A, we've got rookie minicamp coming up for the Steelers this weekend. Okay. And B... The rookies around the league are coming in to, to their new teams. Everybody now has some, had some time to watch the smoke clear, and it's fantasy football time. Who are these guys, and where, you know who landed in the best positions? That's the big question that we're going to explore today, explore today because not just because it's it, you know it's it's a fantasy topic, but because there's a really interesting Steelers aspect to this. Um, now, looking at the players who who got drafted this year, there's a lot of offensive super talents that went in the first round. You know, everyone wants to talk about Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts or Devontae Smith. But Dale, getting Najee Harris to the Steelers, that's a that to me should be even on even not in dynasty leagues. Like like for dynasty leagues, Najee Harris to me is the number one pick that you want to have in this year's dynasty drafts. But I, I think that honestly even in regular, like if you in, in leagues that redraft every year, he should be pretty high up there considering how much the Steelers are probably going to lean on this guy. Yeah, I think when you're when you're looking at Harris, um, you know, in redraft leagues, uh, he's probably uh, somewhere between twelve and fifteen right now. Um, you know, which is probably you know, I think that's that's fair. That's a that's I think that's a fair assessment of, of where he is at right now. Um, you know, I'm obviously not having carried to football at the NFL level uh, you know, I'd put him pretty much ahead of, of every running back in last year's class mm, in terms yeah. of, uh, of when you look the, when you look at it, his situation, um, the fact that he's going to get the football, the fact that he catches the football and the Steelers, you know, how the Steelers want to use uh, the running back. They want, they're, they're viewing this as a Le'Veon Bell type situation. So you know, when you say that, I think a lot of fantasy people, uh, owners and Steeler fans as well, I should light up and say, "Ooh, OK. Uh, you know, I wrote about this last week on, on, on DKPittsburghSports.com. Look at Le'Veon Bell's production oh, in yeah. those years. Look at the touches that he had. Now, he didn't have a great rookie year. Uh, he was coming off. He got he injured his foot in training camp that year uh, and missed the first three games. And I think that kind of held him back for a while. Um, but if you look at the touches mm -hmm. and then do a projection on that, I mean, he had, I think 290 touches his rookie year. Yeah. And that was in, that was in 13 games. Um, if Najee Harris averages those, those 20 to 22 touches that, that Le'Veon Bell got, and let's say 18 of those are carries and he averages four catches per game. He's a pretty valuable running back. Yes, Absolutely. He's getting you touches every game. He's going to be getting you yards. He's, they're probably going to use him in scoring situations. I mean, and one of the things that I don't think has been talked enough about Najee Harris and what he'll bring to the Steelers is that when he was at Alabama, when it was third and one, when it was fourth and one, he was getting that yard. 
you know, you, you saw, if, if he saw a line in front of him, he was plunging forward and he was finding a way to win those matchups. That's going to be something the Steelers definitely try to use, not just in goal line, but that, that might bring the two point conversion. You know, we know Mike Tomlin loves to use that. That, that might bring that right back into play as a serious strategy for the Steelers. And as far as the fantasy owners, it's another reason to, to, to love Najee Harris here. Yeah, I think that was something that Tom Reed brought up, uh, you know, when uh, talking to him mm-hmm. uh, and he couldn't really find a way to fit it into his story. But when he went back and and talked to uh, Najee's high school coaches, um, they used him in the Wildcat a lot at the goal line on mm-hmm. two point conversions. And I think he scored, uh, you know, all but one one time in his career. Wow. Now that's at the high school level, obviously, right. but he's got experience doing that, um, you know, snapping, taking the direct snap. Um I sent you right before we started the show today uh, some uh, some rankings here from 4for4.com, uh, a fantasy website, and you're looking at the, the pre-draft and post-draft fantasy rankings for rookies. In pre-draft, Jamar Chase was number one. Yeah. Um, post-draft, it's Najee Harris mm-hmm. because of the situation that he landed in. I know Steeler fans don't want to hear this, but – a great running back makes your offensive line better. It just does. It does. Name me name me an offensive lineman for the Minnesota Vikings. And oh, by the way, <laughs> the, the Vikings drafted two offensive linemen this year, despite mm-hmm. having a, a great running back who who was you know one of the best running backs. Dalvin Cook was one of the top backs in the league last year, running behind what was and is a below average line. Mm-hmm. But he was very effective when Dalvin Cook didn't run the football for them last year. They stunk. They couldn't run the ball. When Dalvin Cook was in the lineup, they ran the ball effectively. Mm-hmm. What a crazy idea. I've been saying this all along. <laughs> the Steelers didn't have a, a, a star running back. Now they do. Right. And, and I mean, again, sometimes you look at that and you think like, okay, obviously that team, you know, knew that they had to improve their line. But it, from the fantasy aspect too, you know, historically, the Steelers, when they get a primary running back, they want to use them. And we saw Le'Veon Bell, quick, like, like you wrote in your article, you, they quickly put him to work. He got he got yards. He got points. And by the next year, he was a f- fantasy phenom for the next few seasons. And he, he was he was everyone. You had to get him if you could get him. Um, so yeah, I, I see that being a, a major thing to remind everyone is that, you know, Najee Harris on top of everyone being excited about the Steelers ex- aspect, it's kind of crazy how for a few years there, Dale, Steelers fans could go into fantasy drafts and just basically say, well, I'm just going to get either Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown. And you, you, you were getting yourself a Steelers superstar that fell off when both when when Le'Veon Bell, when they were gone. Yeah, yeah they, they were gone. So Steelers fans were like, ah, I mean, James Conn. I mean, I, I was in a couple of leagues where people were reaching and getting James Conn in the first round. And I'm like, OK, thank you, buddy. That, yeah. that, that's, a, that's a mark. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, but now with Najee Harris, I'd say that that puts him like you said, I still wouldn't make him my top five selection. Like I'd still, you know, look at look at my star players. That, 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 yeah, it, it's like last year. Clyde Edwards Hilaire was was way overdrafted. Right. In every league. I mean, I saw places where he was going in the top five that, that don't get carried away with Najee Harris. Right. Uh, but I think, I think, you know, if you were, if we were ranking the running backs from last year's draft and this year's draft, Najee Harris is number one. Yeah. And, I agree. And, you know, and, and I, you know, I like JK Dobbins last year. He was my number one back last year, but I would rather have Najee Harris. I think he's, he's much more uh, in tune with, with carrying the load. I think, 
I think Baltimore showed us that they don't know that J.K. Dobbins is ready to, you know, to shoulder the load all by himself when they went out and re-signed Gus Edwards this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that you know, that's going to bite it, you know, eat into that. Najee Harris doesn't have that situation. No. He's going to get the football, and he's going to get the football a lot. A lot. And and very quickly, I, t- I think also, like, this this isn't going to be a situation where the Steelers wean him into it. Like, it's going to be, okay, by week five, now we're no. going to make sure. he's get, Week one, that man's probably getting 15 to 20, 20 touches easy. That's what's going to be interesting is, you know, to see when they when they open up mini camp in a few weeks, um, who takes the first snaps at running back. Wouldn't surprise me if it's Najee Harris. They they like him that much. Yeah. He is he is that good of a back. Uh, a lot of times they'll give a tip of the cap to the veteran player, uh, you know, and st- ahead of the rookie. I just don't see that happening in this case. He is so head and shoulders above uh, above everybody else talent wise. It's senseless to even pretend that, that he isn't. But it'd be different if that rookie, if that veteran player was, was an like established Mo- guy. Right. Like if it was James Conner. If it was James Conner or like back in the day, like even like an Isaac Redman, you'd be like, okay, at least like you've been, you fought with the team. Like you've, you've been through some wars with the team. Benny Snell was just had his second year and he really didn't do nothing. Like that to me is, is, is a big difference here is that you're looking at a, a running back room that doesn't know that didn't that didn't know who would be the the primary ball carrier if they didn't go out and get a Najee Harris type of back. Now they know. So it's, why are they going to pretend? We we you know not Najee Harris like you said if he was drafted last year he would have came in and been the number one guy you know in, you know for for the Steelers not to, and of those two running back classes. So um, all all that being said, Najee Harris if for all you fantasy heads out there go get him. And it's 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 funny that Dale and I agree because uh, you know Dale and I, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, we we butt heads over fantasy talk. We talk we talk our bit of trash. Now I did beat Dale twice this last year, and made it farther in the playoffs in his league where he didn't make the playoffs. So maybe you want to listen to me a little bit more. Let's be honest here. Now I, I had some <laughs> really 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 just. Terrible, terrible misfortune last year. Oh, oh the misfortune. The misfortune. <laughs> Teddy, Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater and guys like that just killed me. <laughs> just kill, killed some of my receivers. Whatever. That's, see, that's, that's ancient history. See, that's, it, that's it, what it's not about what happened last year. It's what's <laughs> going to happen this year. But see, that's how you know when Dale's mad about 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 Teddy Bridgewater because like when when, Tate, when he said Teddy Bridgewater sucks because you've probably heard him say that that's because he knows because he had him on his fantasy team and he let it. No, I didn't. I didn't have him. I had DJ Moore and, <laughs> and, and, and Teddy Bridgewater just completely ignored him all season long, and then they get in the final minute of the game and oh hey, there's DJ Moore open down the field and he throws the ball down and DJ Moore runs under it and catches it and it's a fifty yard gain and he finished the game with one catch for fifty yards. Where was that the entire game? It was there, but check down Teddy won't throw it. I mean, people who wanted Teddy Bridgewater for the Steelers, open your eyes. Right. That that leads me to another subject, but I want to to touch on this one in the next segment. That's what I was going to do. We got to throw it to the next segment. We'll be right back after this. Here on the Lolly Steelers 
podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly. Dale, we just got done t- talking some fantasy talk here, but there's still this, the concern for Steelers fans out there that there's some additions to be made to the team. Now, they do have cap space. They do have, uh, I think, what, $9, $10 million in they cap They get $11. Space. $11 get million. Yeah. Dollars. So they got the room to still go and add a couple pieces. but And there's some big names out there. There's, there's names that everybody knows. But and cornerback is a concern. I think edge rusher is a major concern. They want a backup edge guy. But I I think you and I hit on the same hit on the same notes here that there's certain big names out there that just you just don't just get them just because they're a big name. Yeah, and to me, you know, that's what Cleveland did with Jadavian Clowney. Yes. Um, you go out and sign a guy. Well, he's Jadavian Clowney, and it sounds good for your fan base, but the reality is. You know, how much is he going to be available for you and does he fit your scheme? To me, the big the big name that I keep seeing some fans uh, tweet right now, the Steelers need to sign this guy, is Richard Sherman. Yeah. Folks, here's the deal. Richard Sherman is a good football player. Right. But Richard Sherman is strictly a zone cornerback. Right. That's what he is. The Steelers are not a primarily a zone team anymore. No. They mix it up. They play as much man as they do zone. Now, if you want to see the Steelers go back to being a primarily a zone team, then Richard Sherman's your guy. But if you want to see them play man-to-man defense or be able to mix things up, play man, play zone, play matchup zone, then you don't want Richard Sherman. That's not a good fit. You know, so much of, of football is, is, is about schematic fits. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we're talking about the draft and, pe- and people say, well, why would the Steelers go get Isaiah Loudermilk? Because he fits their defense. Mm-hmm. That's, the kind, that's the kind of defensive end that they want. A long, you know, a long 300-pounder, a guy who's 6'5", you know, and in, in, in right around that 300-pound range. Richard Sherman's a 6'3 cornerback who doesn't change directions all that well. He'll tackle you. Right. Ten years ago when they had Dick, when, when Dick LeBeau was, was scheming things up, yeah, they probably would have loved to have a Richard Sherman. But that's not what they do anymore. Mm-hmm. They're playing man-to-man defense and they're going to get up in your face, and they're going to cover you. So, you know, I'm sorry, but Richard Sherman doesn't fit here. Yeah, that that's just the thing is that you got to consider uh, scheme fit. You got to and you got to consider where they are in their career, right? Because, well, there's that too, right? Because he's 33 years old. He ha- he's he's had a ma- major injury recently. Like you, he's got to you got to consider that is that when you're signing a guy, maybe if you're, if you're signing him for a year, okay, that, 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 that is one thing, but another thing to remember is when you're signing older guys is that they're probably not going to be able to help you as much on special teams at all. Right. (laughs) right, At all. I'm I'm being kind as kind as possible here. And that's why I I keep pointing to, you know, still there's guys even in their late twenties that you could, that you could, you know, Brian pool from the jets makes more sense. I still don't think he's the guy. Um, But you know, like, when they when you're looking through these names and you're looking and you're looking at big names like for like for edge rusher people some people are saying you know Melvin Ingram and Justin Houston that that in theory would would be would be great right like you know the, the way the Chiefs went and snagged Terrell Suggs but the Steelers want depth guys who are going to be able to help them in multiple roles when you when you sign guys to be backups you want them to be able to help you at that position and then maybe help you in another fit because they're they're, they're going to be on they're going to be you know if they're going to be active on game day right and they're not a starter, you better be able to play special teams. Exactly. And those guys aren't playing special teams. Now, you, you know, you said the Steelers have, have cap space. They do and they don't. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to take about $5.5 million in cap space to sign their rookies. Right. 
Kevin Colbert also likes to have enough money to sign at least 10 guys during the course of the season. He does, well, have, the, he does like to have a cushion. The salary cap has gone up. So that minimum salary now for a veteran is right around six six hundred thousand dollars. So if you're going to sign ten guys, you need six hundred. You need six million dollars. Well, five and a half million dollars and six million dollars is eleven and a half million dollars, and the Steelers have eleven million dollars in cap space. There you go. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's (laughs) that 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 could be that could put them in a bind here, and that's why you see more like signings like Arthur Mallette, where people are like, "Who's that guy?" And it's just displacement there. You're not you're not upsetting the apple cart. You're getting a guy at a veteran minimum price, and so in reality, it costs you, you know, three hundred thousand dollars against your salary cap. Right. Whereas if you're going to, I'm just going to throw a name out. If you go sign, go to Melvin Ingram right now. Go to his agent. Yeah. Hey, what does Melvin want to play this year? Well, he wants four million. Well, no, we can't afford four million, <laughs> even though it looks like they can right, right. now. You know, well, you got eleven million dollars in cap space, but you can't afford a four million dollar backup. You just can't. It's just it, it's it's a tough spot to be in. Uh, but but again, that's why I think it's important to look at the guys way down the list, you know, you know, and then you start looking at guys, you know, maybe like, and I'm not saying this guy, this, these guys specifically, but these are the types of guys like a, like a Brandon Jackson out of, out of Seattle. He's 29 years old. He, he'd be cheap. He'd be someone that, Hey, we're just bringing you in. If he doesn't work out. Oh, well, bye. We didn't, we didn't need you in the first place. Um, you know, and, and it's funny. I, <laughs> J Roan Elliott's still out there. So you still got like guys who recently wore preseason Steelers jerseys who are available, but that's, those are the type of signings that I think that the Steelers should be looking at here. But you know this, but this happens every time this the, every year this time of year, uh, um, Dale. When we when we get to this point when a lot of the big names are off the board, even when the big names are all on the board, you know I hear that you hear the discussions about oh they should get this superstar and that superstar and they'll win free agency and then and it's just like but that's that's not the point here. He's like you don't want to break your bank at this point of the season because you want to do other things with your money. Um, and, and ultimately how many times do they are, do, are they able to go find? And when you find a couple dudes that can be glue guys for, for your, for your, uh, um, uh, for your roster and they're cheap, that does so much more than, you know, taking a big swing at it, Jadavian Clowney, you know, or, you know, say a team that signs Melvin Ingram or Justin Houston in, in the situation or Richard Sherman, that's, you're much, I think that you have a much better value or rate of success at getting those lower level guys that can't hurt your cap. If you miss. Yeah. The thing that you have to understand about bringing in veteran guys, and it sounds great. And if they buy in, it is, it can be great, but they have to buy in and you better have the depth to be, to, you know, make those guys uh, fit into your system, um, you know, and, and fit into your cap. And that's, you know, a situation where the Steelers aren't going to pay guys more money than, than, you know, what they're paying. You think they're going to go sign Melvin Ingram to a $4 million contract when TJ Watt is making, right. you know, 1.2 this year. Exactly. No, How, how's that going to look for TJ Watt? That's just going to tick him off more when you go into negotiation with him next year. Well, right. you sign Melvin, you know, Melvin Ingram from, you know, it, it, and he paid him more money than, than I am. They always have a salary structure. Mm-hmm. They always do. You know, when Tor- Troy Palomalo was on the team, no defensive back on the team was going to make more money than Troy Palomalo. Right. You know, no uh, def- outside linebacker is going to make more money on this roster than what TJ Watt was making. Mm-hmm. Even if, even though it's a low number, you, you got to know who your stars are. And, and the way to keep them happy 
is to say, okay, you're our, you're our priority here. You're not going to upset the apple cart. Guys know what everybody else makes in that locker room, and it's human nature. If you're a starter and your backup is making more money than you, that's not a good thing. No. You know, even in a, even in a good locker room where guys like each other and they get along, uh, there, there's always situations that arise when, when, you know, guy, when money's involved. It just does. Agree. And that's the whole thing is that, you know, like they can be best of friends, but at the end of the day, people are still going to be looking at their paychecks. And if they're seeing it, their paycheck in as much as such as so-and-so, I'm, and they know I'm playing a thousand snaps and you're playing two fifty, mm-hmm. and I, you're making four times as much money as me. Mm-hmm. No, that, that doesn't fly. Right. And the thing is that the Steelers have maintained that structure for so long that I think that's a, that's another part of what goes into their maintaining, you know, keeping guys around for longer, like, you know, like, like, you know, keeping a Joe Hayden for, for several years, even though he was a free agent signing uh, back in 2017, you know, keeping again, when, when they, when they want to keep a guy, I'm a main guy who's going to be part of their system for you. They work to keep them and they, and they keep them in the fold. You know, you, you saw that with James Harrison, you saw that with Troy Polamalu, um, you know, when, when they were in their primes, they were able to control, control those guys' contracts to get the best, to get the best out of them. And that's, that's what you're doing here. And like, and like you said, TJ Watt, he's playing at a high level. That's why I keep saying, if, you, if you're looking at, at guys, because I, I do agree you don't want Cassius Marsh being one of the first guys that you're calling up to, to, to back you up. And they, they should be looking at, uh, at other guys who maybe you can sign for cheap, but you know, something that Dale and I have also brought up is that there's still plenty of time for teams to cut more players and for someone else to fall out. Who's who could be like, Ooh, okay. You're a great fit. And someone that we're not thinking about right now because their name isn't on the free agents list. Um, but that the Steelers, there's no reason to rush into a situation that you're not sure about right now. Instead, again, play the waiting game, see what happens. And then that $5 million that Dale was talking about, that Kevin Colbert said, like, that's what allowed them to get Joe Hayden in the first place. If they had went and spent all that money in that free agency, they would have ended up with guys who they weren't so sure about and missed on Joe Hayden. This is what's going to allow them, especially in a year where we know teams have to let go, guys, because of the unprecedented situation of the pandemic and the salary cap. We can we we can see this being something that does benefit the Steelers down the line. Yeah, I agree. So uh, patience, patience, grasshoppers, patience, grasshoppers. That's it here from the uh, the Lolly Steelers uh, podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Got a lot more coming your way this week on DK Sports Radio. The 6687 podcast is getting you ready for the Penguins playoff hockey coming your way. Of course, we got the DK Daily Shots. I've got my pitch shows. So many things to enjoy here on DK Sports Radio. Be sure to subscribe right here. You can get us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Leave us a five-star view with a positive comment. Thank you so much for doing those. We really appreciate all of you out there. From Chris Carter and Dale Lolly, we'll be talking at y'all soon.